I'm Stephanie Howe, co-host of Get Inspired and Innovate, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts Season 5, Episode 10. In this episode, I am joined by Vicki Hypel, and we talk about tips and tricks for Google Sheets, a tool to help read Twitter threads a little bit better, book creator, tall tweets to make learning visible, a bunch of itty-bitties, a cool app for podcast lovers, and of course, Wordle. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast tip or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Hey, Vicki. Hey, Jen. Where do math teachers go on vacation? Oh, I have no idea where math teachers go on vacation. Times Square. Welcome, everyone, to the show. This is Shooks and Gif, episode number 10 of season number five. And I am joined by a new friend coming to us from Montana. So a couple of hours behind me, we had to work out our schedule with the time zones. And I have I have never, I, I'm pretty sure we've never met in real life. Am I right? Am I right with that? Guess no, right? we, yeah, have we have not met in real life. And, but, but I'm telling you, this is one of the biggest engagers with the Shooks and GIF uh, hashtag on Twitter. I love it. I have with me, Ms. Vicki Heipel. Welcome Vicki to the show. Well, thank you for having me. This is going to be so much fun to sharing and talking and getting some more fun things to do and learn about as well. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here because like I said, you do interact a lot. You, you share things with the hashtag just that you're sharing. You interact with the show. You've been a longtime listener. But aside from Shooks and Gif, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself before we get into things? Okay. Well, I've been teaching for what doesn't feel like 25 years, but definitely it has been that long. And I've taught um, a little bit in Minnesota and then mostly um, um, in Montana and a couple of different places. I've taught um, anything from six through 12 science. And right now I teach um, mostly biology, but I also teach forensics and um, I teach astronomy. And then I think possibly because I, <laughs> I've been around so long and I'd love to try new things people there's usually quite a few people who will come and ask for support whether it's something simple that's techie or it's something where they want um, a lesson idea so I like learning new things so I can be ready to give exciting ideas for them to try that's that's amazing I, I didn't even realize like we don't have forensics or I mean, we might have astronomy but we certainly don't have forensics or any of those fun sciences where we sort of go with the the pure sciences right like the bio the chem the physics that's what we have at least in Ontario so that's really exciting what kind of hmm. thing would you do in forensic with the kids oh wow so many fun things so uh we we start off with like pretty intense fingerprinting so they have they practice ink printing and they print someone else they um, do lift, they dust for prints in a lot of different um, situations with different kinds of powders. There's magnetic powder and there's black powder and there's white powder. And, and so lots of different things there. And then after they get really good at that, we do um, chemical developing. So they'll bring in different things that are absorbent or porous and we use different kinds of chemicals to see if they can get them to develop on those papers or 
pieces of, oh, I don't know, fabric or things like that. That is so and then fun. That's just the beginning, right? <laughs> so that's just the beginning part of the excitement. And over the years, I have um, developed like these menus just kind of from listening um, to Casey Bella. I know we list, both list her and um, mm. I've developed quite a few different learning menus because forensics is so specialized. Yeah. So when you're, when you need someone who knows about glass or you need someone that knows about bugs or pollen, right? You need that specialized person. And so they hire those people. And so what I've created is learning menus for those kids. Like there's two different two week sessions that I have where they just pick a menu and then they pick which activity they want from that menu to learn. And they pick like a three, two, one, those two, three of these, two of these, and then this yeah. one project at the end. And then they just spend some time really digging deep into whichever one of those topics they're really interested in. And so there's probably about 20 different ones of those from them to choose from. So that's really great. Oh my goodness. I want to move to Montana and be in high school. That sounds so cool. And I'm not a science girl. Like, I think I've talked about it on the show before. Like my, my anxiety dreams are that I have to go back to high school. I haven't got a 12th grade um, science credit and I have to, it's like, it's the beginning of January exams are at the end of the month and none of my colleagues will help me. And if I don't pass the exam, then I can't be a teacher anymore. Honest to goodness. I have that dream almost every year. So this is very exciting. Not that I I love science. I think it's cool. It just never was never my Mm -hmm. niche, but at that point, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, I could talk. I could talk to you about this for right. hours. This is so fascinating. But, but let's get into what we wanted to do. As always, guests go first. What do you have to share with the listeners today, Vicky? Well, one of my things that I've developed probably in the past couple of years that has been the most successful in my class um, is making sure that you use um, the Google Sheet, um, not just for the sheet itself, but for the collaboration that Google allows. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've probably gained the most in helping students be able to not just analyze their data, but once they've, they actually take time to look at the data of all of the data, not just theirs, they become better at being able to create the graph that displays the story that their data tells, and they become better writers uh, because they can explain their data better. So I love using the those add a tab features at the bottom of the Google Sheet, you know, where you can have more yeah. than one sheet. Yeah. And yeah. Still, is, yeah. Okay, can, can we talk about that for a minute? This is for the yeah. love of me with Google. For the love, Google. <laughs> why do we call it Google Sheets and then each of those things are called sheets <laughs> and not tabs? Like, I know, just, I call them tabs. <laughs> yeah, I call them tabs too. And technically they're sheets, but I'm like, but we're in a sheet. We're in the come Google on. Sheet. Looks like a tab. <laughs> come on. Anyway, carry on. So that's, that's a little for the love for you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, what I realized is that I was, I was the one looking at all the data and correcting it. I'm like, well, that's not helpful. They obviously, they can't make the same conclusion that I can make unless they look at all of it. And so having them be able to enter their data on a sheet and not maybe, and I have more than one section sometimes, so not just their own classes data, but looking at other sections of students as well, I think oh, it's just opened up this whole realm of, oh, well, I can see where this went wrong. It was supposed to be, right? And they can start to make that, here's what went wrong, or here's maybe what our group even did wrong because everyone else is getting a different result. And so they've got a lot more data to look at to be able to make their own conclusions. And that has been huge for me. I love that. I love the idea of having students not only look at the data of their classmates, but uh, students in other sections of that class. Now, do you do it Mm cross-grade as well? Like, would you have you know, 10th graders look at stuff or 12th graders just to look even for patterning ever? Do you, or, or does it tend to be homogeneous? I have it, but the same? I have used, 
Yeah, I have used the ones from the previous year to get them started on here, like, because when they have to write their own lab, that's kind of a big step for students, yeah. especially in 10th grade. So I've had them look at the data from the previous year, and then they get to actually think through what must have gone wrong if they can see some of the inconsistencies in the in the data from the year before, and they can write better procedures that way. Like when they have to write their own, like, make sure you do this, otherwise something will go wrong. Like they're actually thinking through that. So I haven't done cross grade, but I've used the data because it's digital and super easy to save that way. So yeah, totally, totally. I love that. Okay. So you, your next one is level up sheet skills. Why don't you, I think it's sort of a natural progression there. Do you want to okay. talk about what you, what you do? Cause I love, I love Google sheets and I know a lot of teachers talk about it being right. They're like the black sheep of the, of the, the Google <laughs> workspace, right? This is the one that we don't understand. Right. And I remember once going with the boys and my husband to an indoor bike park and they just wanted to play. And I said, oh, I'm just going to start building out like a, how to use Google sheets basics, like the nuts and bolts. And then, and six hours later, we were still sitting at this bike park. I totally lost track of time because I, I just, I love Google mm-hmm. sheets and I was like, Oh, I can include this and I can include that. And, and there's, there's a ton of stuff in it. I, I can throw it into the show notes. It's some of it, like the interface has changed recently with Google sheets too. It looks a little bit more crisp, so it may not look the same, but yeah. I, I, there's so much we can do with Google sheets that if, if teachers could just be able to understand the functionality even the most simplistic ones I think we would be able to capitalize on a lot of that triangulation of data and seeing students um, work and being able to express like that vision that like making learning visible piece in a google sheet is massive so I love it that's my plug for google sheets it is (laughs) and I think the more you use it the more you love it and then maybe the more you don't use it the more you have this um I don't know if it's really fear but it's like, oh, I can't use it or I can't do it. Yeah. You're telling yourself that lie, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, there's definitely some um, trepidation. I know with my level two Google bit, yeah. uh, certified exam, I didn't take it for a while because I was scared of, of um, pivot tables. And I, for some reason, got in my head that, oh, there's going to be a lot on pivot tables. Uh, there wasn't. Um, yeah, there wasn't a and, lot. But, yeah. <laughs> and, but I was just terrified. I thought, oh, gosh, I can't do it because of this. And as soon as I got in and, and really played with it just a little bit, I was like, oh, that's not really that hard at all. Yeah. It's just that's it's like an yeah. intimidating neighbor or something. Exactly. So when I thought about sharing the idea of, because I really want teachers to to be able to embrace that idea of how could I, even if I only have one class period of students, right? How could I get them all to look at the data? And so my first thought was, well, just sharing that idea isn't enough because I think that if you if you're not just a little bit comfortable with it, mm-hmm. you choose to not do that because you're not comfortable with the with the the actual app itself right and so what i made um for teachers is just these really quick like one minute here's how you do all the little easy things in sheets that you're maybe not used to doing if you've you've been using docs or if you've used um, slides and um, and so i just put it in a sheet so that it would be while you're learning you're learning within the sheet and then I added like checkoffs and I added different colors in there. So it mm-hmm. it's less, I don't know, it's less scary. It's less like a, I'm filling out forms of the doctor's office, right? <laughs> yeah. Boxes like that can be super like, oh, I don't want to do this. So so in that particular document, which if you, you know, if you go to the, the, the show notes, you can just access that and just make your own copy and practice those little tiny things that make the actual Google Sheet less like you said, terrifying less like, oh, this is easy. I could totally do this. And I don't think people get that you can add color and make borderlines and yeah. and make it something that's it looks even more elementary or looks even more friendly or 
you know, just so it's, <laughs> it leaves you more com- like comforted when you're using it, I think that way. And I really like all the things you can add. Like I put in like check boxes, but then the check boxes kind of take you through <clears throat> the little completion of how much you have complete, like if you're checking on those to say, okay, I tried this one. I tried this little one minute video of how to do this in Google Sheets. And I'm checking that I did that. And then I had that so that it would actually tell them that they're how much percent complete. And I put little emojis in. So just to kind of make it more like you're, you're getting the confidence from doing more in the sheet and you're getting like the understanding, wow, you could put this in that particular space and make it more engaging for students, whether it's with a picture or whether it's with emojis or thumbs up or feedback or so that they know, okay, I'm hundred percent done or I'm 10% done. And, and you could, you could use those within that particular. It's, it's so cool. Itself. It it almost looks like you've created like, is there only three? I'm going to, I'm going to scale. Yeah, there's three, there's three different, like mm-hmm. almost like little cards. And now am I right that when I click on these, like I, I clicked on the one that says align text and it took me to a loom um, link. So you've, if you created for all of them where that hyperlink is just a little walk through how to. So if I already knew something, I wouldn't necessarily have to do that. But if I was looking to right. target specific things, it's so user-friendly, like talk about here you go. Here's your crash course in Google Sheets. This is it. It's this. Yeah, is it's like a little baby course that actually gives you pretty much I try to put everything in there that they would need if they wanted to do a cutesy or if they just wanted to actually have the kids make graphs and collaborate with their data. So you get get all the a little bit, all the fun stuff and you get the what you would need to be able to do that. I love this. And I, I love that you've, you've done this as a science teacher often. I know I've been brought in before just with my Google expertise to be like, okay, can you teach us how to set up a lab book and, and where students can put this in and then they'll come to me or I've done it with phys ed too, where they're tracking um, like personal fitness courses. Right. And they're like, well, miss, how do I, how do I create this um, graph? And I'm like, well, haven't, haven't you been shown this and nothing against the teachers, right? But I think sometimes teachers mm-hmm. don't know how to do it, but we need to take the time because to me, this is far more a transferable skill than what a lot of them are going to be learning in that lab. And not to say that the lab's not important, but for some of them, Absolutely. they'll never go back. Like for, for someone like me who didn't do science yeah. afterwards, like I may have enjoyed the lab. I may have done well, but learning those spreadsheet skills that I could, I could transfer into other aspects of my learning and my, now my teaching is phenomenal. This is fantastic. If you're looking for, I want to learn a little bit about Google Sheets and not the the technicalities of it, but more so like the the setup and formatting and that this is holy moly, Vicky, this is awesome. Yeah. And then I put like, you can see at the bottom, I'm assuming you're looking at it. Yeah. You can see that there's different tabs. I'm going to call them tabs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I went a little like, I don't know, I'm not OCD at all. I'm like more like squirrel like I I'm like I get off task very easily (laughs) I hear you (laughs) so so I I went to all the trouble of trying to make it like a little bit better for the structure and function people and you know I color coded it and put the levels on there so you can see on the tabs if you use this for your own like learning that each of these tabs on the bottom actually helps you do the skill that's posted in the task completion page it was on the so front. yeah it was funny because at the beginning I was looking in I was like oh gosh should I tell her now I think she has student names in here I think that they've done this and then I realized oh, I'm like nope they're not nope this is data <laughs> to use and manipulate for uh-huh. the lesson yep. she's teaching <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, that's Absolutely. funny 
Oh, this is great. Okay, there you go, friends. You have no excuses, zero excuses now to say, I don't really get Google Sheets because this right. is This is just like basement. Mine. If you've never even opened one before, this will take you to like, I'm a genius. I can use Sheets just within like an hour of your time. It's Seriously, so and even so, if you know a lot yeah. about it, there's certain things mm-hmm. here that I'm looking at that I'm like, oh, yeah. How, oh, how do you do that? They're like, oh, okay. Like, what's this? I like that I flip yeah, for that is set up where you that? could. Yeah, what's that? Like, I like that you could go, okay, I know these five things already, and I'm already at 50%. Like, it kind of gives you that, like, you want to keep going to see, like, what else you might know or what else you could learn. So Yeah, the other thing I love about it is is how you've set it up. I think there's something really cool here in thinking about how we would normally put something like this into a Google Doc or into a, a slide. And you've actually, you're showing how to use sheets within Google Sheets itself in a way that, okay, it's right. not just about graphs and numbers and, and, and names mm-hmm. and checklists and that, the, like the functionality of Google Sheets beyond like thinking outside that Google Sheets box is awesome. We all love it. As Alice Keeler so, says, the answer is always a spreadsheet. It's always, right? yeah. It's always. I got a lot of inspiration from her and then a little bit of information and inspiration also from Eric Kurtz, just because he has some of these um, little percentage ideas in his. And I thought, oh, I could totally pull that off. And that would be real functional for teachers that are like intimidated by even, well, I can just do graphs on paper. It's fine. And I love that you can get the graph done quickly. It looks professional when the kids yeah. are done and they have more time to work with the data when they're not just plotting it with their paper and pencil. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's amazing. Totally. Yeah. My, my oldest son in the sixth grade had to do some plotting and, and he has some fine motor skill issues with his learning disability. And I had him just do it on a computer. He's like, but isn't this cheating? Don't I actually have to draw the lines? I'm like, uh, no. So we went over his IEP and we talked about that. And, and then I was, I said, you know what? I, my husband's like, are you sure that she doesn't want you to just draw? I'm like, if we get pushback, I'm going to talk about this because there is something, just like you said, I'd rather him understand the concepts than understand how to plot the points. Like, cause I know he can do it, but it's going to take him twice as long just because of his fine motor skill issues. So. Absolutely. And it yeah. wouldn't be and a the, good the episode. Yeah. I said, it wouldn't be a good episode if we didn't talk about Eric Kurtz. Cause we all know about my love for Eric. <laughs> exactly. I just adore him. I adore him. <laughs> That's yeah. Hilarious. And the importance of that critical thinking step you know, and not just the, I'm just doing the point, putting the points on is so much more, right? That critical thinking of what do I see in the data and how can I write about it? And how can I reason about it? You got to get the kids to that level. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay, folks, check this out for sure. Even if you know about (laughs) Google Sheets, it's totally worth diving into. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, just, I was going to say one more thing about it. Like I, when I originally set this up, I planned for high school teachers, but I got elementary teachers in there and I was thinking it wasn't going to be, I don't know, applicable to them, but there were so many of them that said, oh, this is going to work perfect for, and then they listed off their ideas. And so I just want to encourage you if you're out there and you're elementary teacher and you you don't think it's working for you, I think you should get, just give it a little try and see where it takes you. I totally, totally agree. And like middle school teachers as well, right? Like let them understand, exactly. let them see why the data is important. Let, let them see mm-hmm. that anyway. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because it wouldn't okay. be an episode of 2022 on Shooks and GIF if I didn't talk about Wordle because <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that's all I've done. It's out there. It's go crazy. It is Crazy. I do it every day um, with the Cobblestone Collective that I do work with here in Canada, formerly EdTech team. We even have like a channel in our Slack group where we all share our wordles every day and how well we do them. I almost didn't solve one earlier this week. I was a little bit distraught, but I'm okay. But I wanted to bring 
a little bit of a, a twist, if you will, to Wordle. And of course, now that Wordle's exploded and got bought out by the New York Times recently, by the way, like the guy for, for low seven figures. Can you imagine oh. a million, low million dollars, low million dollars. I'll take like a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> a yeah, exactly. for this silly little game. Oh, it's so good. Um, I've shared in the last episode that you can go to the archive and find all the old ones if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I actually have it on my interactive screen in our learning commons now. And the kids come in and teachers have come in and I, they work collaboratively. I love it. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. But we found some other ones. So there is this one now called Shape Sum. Okay, it's Shape Sum. And it's put out by Math Zone in the UK. And you uh-huh. fill in a grid. So it's, you know how you'll have those... Um, arithmetic-ish uh, problems where it'll be like heart plus square plus square equals this and like oh heart right plus heart if you plus know heart. what the substitution is yeah exactly okay and that's this online and it makes the grid sort of like a la wordle or a la sudoku um i have a link in the show notes it's called i, th- I think it's called if you go to mathzone.co.com UK, you can find under under the resources. This is grid algebra shapes. And it's just a fun little way to have students think about, you know, arithmetic problems, right? Like that, that like basic algebra. And I know that my own kids in the fourth and sixth grade are really starting to, my sixth grader more so, but I have my older, my younger twin, sorry, is a bit of a math nerd. And so they love to play with this. They're like, oh, it could be this, it could be this. And then that you can see where their, their mind's going. Cause they don't get them all right away. And of course, like they're a bit beyond what they can do, but just the problem solving and, and working through it. If you're looking for a sort of a cool thing to start a class with as a minds on, um, especially if you're like us, like we're hybrid. So to throw something like that on, before you start the class might be really cool. I've done them again on my interactive TV and it's a lot of fun. And then of course cool. the great Tony Vincent, there's someone else I couldn't go with like, you know, a couple episodes without no, without mentioning Tony. He's <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. Um, he actually brought together, he also must have a real love for Wordle because he on February the 1st put together this Wordle inspired games for the classroom and he, he blogged about it and he has a whole bunch. So things like Flippity, we, if, if you don't know Flippity, yeah. You haven't been listening to Pachooks and Gif because we do talk about it a lot. Um, I use it for their like name, random name picker all the time. But uh, Flippity has come out with one that they call Word Master. And you can put in your own words. So if you're doing sort of an end of unit um, review with your students and for them to think about the words that you're using, if you're doing like little spelling words or something like that, maybe you can um, throw this on. It's a lot of fun. Um, or if you, even if you were doing something like thematically, just, you know, okay, it's, you know, what's, what's good. It's black history month. Let's talk about names of people in, in black history that we've learned about. Um, there's custom wordles that you can make up to six letters long, which I think would be really hard. I think the five letters is like perfect. Oh, the me. five is hard enough. Yeah. yeah. Slides mania. Good old Paula from slides mania has made a, a Google sheet version. It's a nice segue from your Google sheets of this wow. as well, that you can create your own in there. Um, and then th- my favorite one though and the one that I want to spend like a teeny bit more time talking about is also from that same um website that I talked about earlier um that math zone from the UK and it's called oodle so o-o-d-l-e and you you get a grid and it has operations between it so it will say something like um plus like a box plus a box times a box minus equals and then a number and so you can only use the the numbers like one to I think yeah one to nine, 
and you have to figure out what the operation would say. So, and you have to remember your order of operations. So Bedmas matters here, folks. Right. So you have to plug in the numbers and mathematically think, okay, what plus it? Okay. I know if I, if I do it that high, I'm never going to get back down to this number. So I have to like, it's just the, the, the number sense right. behind it instead of the letter sense. So if you are like, yeah, Wordle looks cool, but I, I don't think in letters, I'm more of a numbers person. This is one to check out. So for me, like my, I, on my ticket for teaching is English and math because I knew they'd never get rid of them and I did well in both and love it. I've tried this one and it is so tricky and fun, but it's called Oodle again. It's from Math Zone. Um, And it's a lot of fun. And sometimes you can put numbers in there that won't equal the number um, Uh for your your equation. And that's fine because then you can still figure out if it's going to be like yellow if it's in it, but not there, green if it's there. But it's, again, if you're looking for sort of a Wordle alternative for a math class, Oodle is the place to go. It's Oodles of fun. See what I did there? It is. Oodles of fun. It is. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks really great. Like kind of that same thing that you're talking about. It's got those each, it's got plus and minus and multiply on the one I'm looking at. And I feel like in fourth grade, my son had to make a math game and he could invent anything. And I'm pretty sure ours was something similar to this. Yeah. (laughs) There was rolling a dice and you had to like, okay, that's the number now. What am I going to add it? Or it was something like that. He had to make his own game board. So it's like, oh, reminds me of fun. that. And what a great, what a great <laughs> twist to be like, okay, here's Wordle. Here's how they turn that into Oodle. What's another kind of game we could create that's math or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Okay. The last, the last one. Now, Tony didn't, and I can't imagine why, didn't include it on his <laughs> list, but this was sent to me. I'm not going to actually say who it was sent to me. We've talked about this person uh, before on the show. Um, but I don't know if he, I will reveal that it's a, he has, um, has shared it publicly and I want to out him, but this one's called Swerdle. And if you are like me and maybe curse, can curse from <laughs> time much. to time, um, <laughs> it's Wordle with four letter words and it's literally four letters. <laughs> now I will say that what they consider a curse word is maybe a little bit different than what I consider a curse word because I went for some pretty heavy hitter curse words <laughs> at the beginning. And, and my first one that I ever did was crap. And I'm like, oh, crap is not a swear word. And I'm sorry if you're in a car with children and crap is a swear word in your house. It is not in mine. In <laughs> fact, very few are. Um, but if you're looking for adult fun, don't do this with your kids um, or with your students. Um, Swerdle, so swear, D-L-E dot com is just a funny little way to pass time. Or if you have a group that you're you're working on some Wordle with and you all challenge each other and want to have a fun twist, Swerdle might be the place to go. It's very funny, but inappropriate for school. So don't, right. don't use it. Don't do that. Jen said, Jen told us about it on Shooks and Gif. I'm like, oh, dear Lord. Anyway. The, all right. That's just got way more exciting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. What else do you have for oh. us, Vicki? Um, let's see. Before, do you want to do itty bitties at the end or do you want to do them like mix them in? You do them whenever you want. Okay. Right. I, I'm pretty so, breezy. <clears throat> <laughs> when I'm looking... Um, when I was setting this up, it kind of accidentally happened. I'm more of a mouse person. I don't love using my trackpad. Um, But occasionally you find yourself at home sitting on the couch, like, okay, I'm not going to get up and get my mouse. And when I make sheets, sometimes I put a lot of those tabs, sheets at the bottom. (sighs) And sometimes getting to that actual um, little tiny play triangle that moves the sheet choices over so you can see yep. all the rest of those is complicated, but I didn't really know that there was um, a, what's the word I'm looking for? A solution to that. And accidentally just tried it. And if you're on the tabs and you, 
you know, like your two finger, like when you slide back and forth with your trackpad, it slides the tabs back and forth. I don't know if you've ever tried that before. I'll try it right now. No, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it might be different for me on the Mac because the Mac, the magic, the magic trackpad, there are certain, there are certain, um, finger strokes that are, are proprietary to Macs themselves. So I can go from spaces to spaces. So in mine, I'm trying it. And with how I have mine set up, because I have customized them, I don't think it does. But okay. I saw this. I saw this in your notes, and I said to my husband, who's on a PC, I said, "Can you try something? Open this for me." And he opened it, and he said, "Oh, look at that! Yeah, uh-huh. I can totally flip between them like right? that." Right. So, I really yeah. like it. For the other thing that I had been using prior to that is the little. I don't know. They're not. They're like a stack of pancakes to the left, right? Yeah. And yeah. I didn't click around enough to know that was there, but this is probably like I don't know, two years ago now. But originally, when you find it, you're like whoa, that's way easier than clicking the other button. So I didn't realize that that stack of pancakes showed every single tab in the sheet on like a drop down that pops up, I guess. Yeah, it's a a pop up menu. Um, The cool thing with that too, is if you ever are in a sheet that has hidden sheets, Right. They will show up there grayed the, out. The hidden ones. Yeah. So oh, for wow. me, like when you when you actually create, if you ever use Autocrat, which is I, I used to use a lot, I don't use it as much anymore in, in the job I'm in, but certainly my old job, I used it all the time. It creates hidden sheets for you. Um, Autocrat and so does Doc Appender. They're two, okay. you know, add-ons and, and extensions mm-hmm. that we've, we've talked about at length here. And if you ever want to, and Formule, I think it does as well. If you ever are looking for those hidden sheets where all that data is, so you don't want to have to like uh-huh. open the pop-up window to go in and like change that email that you have, sometimes they're hidden in there. So if you have a, a program that's using spreadsheets and that you're like, okay, I've, I've added an extension to it. I wonder where that data is. Check in those pancakes. Cause sometimes you find some hidden, find some hidden in goodies the in there. Yeah. There's, there's always stuff sometimes hidden in the pancakes. you just have to click around. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. That's funny. Okay. So I that's like one that. of my favorite, like little itty bitty things that makes your life better, even though it's no big deal. <laughs> no, it's totally a big deal. All right. Go, go for another itty bitty then. Okay. Um, one I really like to use in Gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize um, when I had been using it for two or three years that you could just press C for compose, just mm-hmm. press the key. And the um, the I probably use the F, the forward one, the most. Yeah. Because I usually are replying to someone and it's, I don't know, I feel like when I'm forwarding it, I'm feel more like, I, I can never find the forward button. It's not in a... Like it's easy, not. like a little back place. You got to drop down, find it. And so that just using the F for forward and the C for compose and the R for reply, I just like, that's way easier and faster for me. I'm a huge keyboard shortcut gal. Oh, me too. Me too. Though I talk about them all the time in here, right? Those nanoseconds. <laughs> we want to save the nanoseconds. Exactly. That's important. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Tell me this Ben Collins one. Oh, okay. Those, is so, that... Yeah. So I get a lot of great stuff from him but most of the time it's over my head a little bit like I love him too much I don't even use it for that but he's great right he is a genius (laughs) he's not an educator for people for people who don't know we're talking about Ben Collins is Ben L Collins at uh dot com is he's like a google sheets ninja I don't know how else to describe him. And you can you can yeah. subscribe to his um, weekly every Monday. He sends you like, here's right. a little tip about Google Sheets. And, and just like, like you, Vicky, Monday half morning the time I'm like, for yeah, your mailbox. <laughs> half the time I'm like, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. But and I just I, I file them because it's going to be one of those things where I don't I need to use that Me now, too. but I might need to use that I later. Need it later. 
absolutely. So yeah, I I usually just type in sheet.new and you get to sh and it pops you up one because I'm always in a, a different tab. But what I didn't realize was that you could, if you're in Drive, you can just push shift s and boom, you get a new sheet. I had no idea. It's a magical, magical land. <laughs> I, I had no idea. If you just happen to be on your Drive tab, just like, yeah, shift s and boom. That's crazy. Made me think, is there something else that's accessible I want to, that I, way? I want to go and try, try them all. Try all yeah. of the shift letters. Just start, just start pushing all the buttons. <laughs> I did that one day. I forget what I found. It was years ago, three, four years ago now. And I pushed something. I'm like, I didn't know that happened. I'm like, what else could happen? And I just started pushing every key to see. Now, of course, you can always access this. Like, there are sites that tell you all the keyboard shortcuts. And I could have just Googled that. But it was way more fun to play around with them because then I would remember them. <laughs> I know. Every once in a while, I find myself with a little free time and I press that button where it shows all the keyboard ch- exactly. shortcuts. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of reading. But which one is going to be the one I want today? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Okay. So then you also have something from the Got Tech Ed podcast with Eric guys, which I, I said oh, yeah. to you when I, when I saw it this week, I'm like, I just listened to that podcast. I, I think it was actually yesterday or the day yeah, before. It it was certainly within the last 48 yeah. hours, I've listened to that episode of the yeah. podcast. So go ahead and, and tell them because this is a I good love- one. Yeah, Geis is so good too. Like I've emailed him like for clarification or for uh, here's an idea I have. What tech can I use for that? And he's so great about getting back to you yeah. and being supportive about that. So I love talking to Geis. But um, yes, from their podcast, just like a couple of days ago, my mind was blown. Just like I needed this five years ago. Thank you for showing me it so I didn't have to live any longer. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely had one of those. I am this many days old when I learned. This. Yeah, I, yeah, I was t- I was today years old when I learned. Yeah, totally. Yep. Definitely. So I again, because I use sheets a lot and I'll put the directions on like the first tab of the sheet for the students. Mm-hmm. And I want it to look more like a piece of paper or more like a doc or more like a slide. Yeah. So that, again, it's less intimidating. They can get used to working in in the sheet better. Right. So I'll put like paragraphs of things just like you would have instructions for a lab or instructions for an activity in the sheet, but I merge all those cells together and then put some color in it, but then I'll start typing and I want a new page break or I want a paragraph break. And obviously I wasn't smart enough. I was always just pressing the space button to get it (laughs) to the new line, right? But lo and behold, um, the gut tech guys um, came through for me and apparently control, right? Control yeah. enter is the way to go. And that just makes a new line. And I tried it and I was like, oh. yeah, it's, it's so good. It's like, Literally you. Folks, you, you type, you hold <laughs> you control and on, on, a, and in this case, it's the same on a Mac and a PC. Cause you can hold control enter or command enter on the Mac, okay. um, but control enter and boom, you're on your next line. And then you can type a little bit more. Boom. You're on your next line. It's, it's I game know. changer. If you're using it, it for multiple like points of, of information in a cell. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So loving okay. that. That's- I, yeah, I, I love that too. I just, I, for me, that was a game changer. There's another way to do it. I think it's control command enter something like that. Or maybe I, maybe I just always thought you had to hold both, but you could hold either. Oh, maybe you no didn't. Idea. Yeah. But I've, um, I've been doing that for a while. And there's another way too, that you can actually get a bullet list within a cell. And I've shared really? that. Yeah. I've shared it before. I can't remember. Here, and I can't remember, but I will think of it. And I will, okay. I will share it. it. It's like, it's a weird thing. It's like alt something or something like that. I, I seem to remember, but I, I'll find it. I will okay. find it because I, it. I was tasked once where it's like, we need it to look like this. And it's like, I will figure this out. And we did. Nice. Okay. You have, you have something else about Google forms now. 
Oh, right. So I feel like, gosh, Google Forms has been around for a while, right? And I know when yes. it first came out, I wanted to look at the kids' papers individually if they didn't do as well as I thought. Mm -hmm. And so now they have um, better options. Um, I don't know if you, you, if your listeners have been able to mess around with those options, but there's not, there's a responses in the middle and then there's individual responses and then there's a drop down menu in there that allows you to, I should probably open up one. So I'm like talking through it better, but it allows you to get to the kid you want without pressing that next button oh. over and over again, which can be really frustrating. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I'm running, I, I'm running my um, learn to sketch note course right now. And I ask uh -huh. people um, to fill out a form at the beginning, just to let me know what their intentions are and if they're doing with a student or whatnot. And to find yeah. individuals, I'm constantly in there going back and forth and being like, oh, who said that again? And so I, I do not know this. Show me. Show me the magical wonders. Okay. So you've got, if you've got a form open, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, at the top, there's tabs. There's questions tab. There's response tab. And yeah. when you're looking at responses under the summary area, yeah. there's, for, for me, if you've collected their email addresses, there's a drop down, and then you can go just to whichever person you want instead of just using that forward button oh. under where it just goes one, two, three, four, five. Like you could just click through them one at a time, obviously. But the drop down allows you to go to whichever kid right away. Like usually when this happens to me, it's a kid doing late work. And I've done them all except for the 91st kid, right? right. So 90 kids have turned it in. And then they're like, hey, I finally turned mine in. And I'm Thanks. like, okay. But I sometimes I use these for it called so for formative feedback i like i'll make a branching form and <clears throat> so the kid can do it more than once to get to get a better understanding of the topic not, not just for a quiz so either way but I'll, i almost always end up having to reopen it to look at the kids who have done it late or were absent and that just was like a game changer for me to not have to waste 48 90 seconds or minutes depending on how yeah. long it takes to load right of oh I gotta press this button until I get to number 63 oh I like that <laughs> see that's one of those things that like the pancakes in the google sheet that are just hiding in plain sight like how often right. do we see that drop down and we don't it's like filtering um in google drive before they put the new icon that looks like little sliders when it just used to be the shark tooth um, and mm -hmm. Google Drive to, to you know, do that advanced search function. How many times did people not push that button? I actually recently, I told someone about that this week, one of my phys ed uh, teacher friends. He's like, my, my drive's a mess. I'm just, I'm ready to literally erase it all and start from anything. I'm like, don't you dare, what are you trying to find? And then I said, go mm -hmm. to your computer. And we were on the phone and I said, click here, click here, do this. Like say it was a slide deck made by you in the last 90 yeah. days. And he was like, what? I didn't, I didn't know this existed. Like it's those hiding in plain oh. sight buttons that we constantly <clears throat> yeah. have to know to push. I love that. Okay. I, yeah. I found that I found the tip for the bullet points. Oh, if cool. you're nice on, a, if you're on a PC, you want to hold alt and seven or sorry, eight, eight. It said the one I'm looking at is seven, but it didn't work, but you can, you can try it cause you're on a PC. But for me on the Mac, it's options eight. So with option key be between the control and command key and eight, and it will make a little bullet point, And then I can hold that command and enter for a hard return and do the next one. Option eight, or is it working for you? Are you getting it? It might be seven. I'm trying, hold on. I'm like on, he's making, I'm she has on a, a look, a look of consternation <laughs> on her face. This is, I know, like, this is thinking, when it, my thinking face. This is when it uh, translates really well to a oh, podcast format, right? <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. Watch uh, me play on my computer. And by watch, I mean listen. <laughs> listen to me as you listen drive. Listen to me play on my computer. Yeah. As you walk on your treadmill. All right. So tell me one more time. It's alt what? Alt seven or eight. Try them both. For Seven for oh. me made the little like paragraph symbol, but eight made the, the bullet point, like the little dot. Oh. And did you press command? What Did you mess control with it? Nope, just alt. Is it not working for you? Hates you on the PC? Do you have any, like, writing it first? Uh, nope. It's huh. not working. Huh, interesting. Okay, okay let me so I'm going to try one about- more thing. So, alt 8, alt 7. Oh. Yeah, no we'll luck. have to figure out what it is on okay. a PC. Okay, it, it does say Clearly. something about double-click the cell or hit F2. And then it says okay. hold the alt 7 or alt 8. Try that. Did that work? Well, this one okay, I'm double-clicked on the 7. Alt seven, alt eight. No luck. All right. Weird. Well, we will continue to search. Well, it works on it works people. on a Mac. PC people, right. you're on your own. <laughs> that usually so sometimes happens. Sometimes, sometimes it does. Oh. All right. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna do a share. I'm sort of I'm torn between which share I want to do here. I maybe I'll just do them both quickly. I okay. do them both quickly. The first one is is a is a short-ish one. It's a it's a Sort of a, a functionality for Twitter. So, Vicky, you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. We love the Twitters. This is great. Um, recently, recently, I was reading a thread because I'm, I'm finding that people are doing threads a lot now, especially over a lot of like political things. And you know, we right now are, are in some pretty political times here in Canada. Um, we have truckers parked outside our parliamentary buildings and in other yeah. uh, other areas, like here in Toronto. Well, here in Toronto, mm-hmm. so I'm north of Toronto, but um, and and mm-hmm. protesting the government mandates about vaccinations and and travel and this sort of thing. And I, I'm not going to get into the politics of it because it's not that kind of podcast and I have strong feelings um <laughs> but so I there's certain people that I read because I want to read like a lot of like doctors who are saying things that I want to read a whole thread because they can't get it in the 280 characters so there is an a bot on the internet and I, and I always joke about you know the bots and the artificial intelligence and the gremlins inside your computer yes this is, a, <laughs> this is a this is a twitter gremlin if you ever see a thread and you're like, oh, I want to read this, but I don't want to have to go through the whole thread for whatever reason. Maybe you want a printer or whatever. Just type at thread reader app. So thread reader app altogether as the handle. And then, t- then type the word unroll beside it. And what happens is it says, okay. And this bot is like touring the internet, just like chilling to when it says that. And then it takes the whole, it doesn't matter if you've written that on the third part of the thread or the first or the last, it will then reply to you and say, here, you've been unrolled. And it'll take him to a website where all of it is written as like a numbered list. Really? Yeah. So, so you, you're doing that in Twitter or you're opening a new tab? Nope. And right in that- Twitter. Right in huh. Twitter, you respond to any part, any part of the thread with at thread reader app and then space unroll. And it will literally take it and be like, okay, space and create. Respond. Huh. And then so in the, in the show notes, if you want to see what it looks like, I've actually given Does an example Does it show up there. as an actual response for the rest of people? Uh, no, what, what, yeah, everyone will see the response and it says, in fact, I'm going to go into my Twitter cause I just tried it for the first time today. There's this guy, Barney, who does a lot of like Canadian politics, like funny stuff. He just makes light yeah. of what's going on. It's, it's very funny. Uh-huh. And sure enough, I, I got a response. So in response to my, you know, thread reader app unroll, I got something that says, namaste. <laughs> I'm like, okay, namaste. How's it going, little <laughs> bot? And then it says, um, hold on. Add. So the ad symbol, 
Threadreader app. Yeah, namaste. Please find your unroll here. And it links to threadreaderapp.com. Then it says, have a good day and the little robot icon. And sure enough, when I click on that link, what pops up is that thread of, I don't even know how many, he, he normally puts like 25 different points um, and usually two per tweet. So all 12 to 15 tweets are all there on a website just down for me to read in a more visually right. appealing fashion. So I'm thinking if I want to print this out, if I want to use this like in class, so the students, especially right. if I want to use it in class and I want students to read the thread, but I don't necessarily want them on Twitter because right. depending on the age of your students, you may not want that but it unrolls threads for you. And it's not okay, a really- so I'm trying this. So okay. add Threadreader app space and then just type unroll. Um, at Threadreader app, yep, space unroll, correct. Okay, and reply. Now, and that shows I, up in the reply. I, yeah, and then I had to sit, I was like, okay, I, I did, did they do it? Did they not? Because I didn't get any indication of it. Yeah. What happened was someone liked someone liked my um, my the, the response. So I uh-huh. got that. And I was like, because they mentioned me in it, I guess. I don't know. It didn't show up in my mentions right away. So I think you just have to sit there maybe and look to see if there's a reply to yours. It might take a minute. But like, I'm like, not even a minute. I'm talking like within 30 seconds, boom, it was there. But you might okay, have to Okay, so then you click on the Threadreader app that you've put in there. You click on that to get to it. No. So what will happen is they will respond. The bot will respond to you. So in mine, I'm going back here right yep. now. Yep, sure I enough, got that. There you go. And then there's a, there's a link that they've put in. Click on that uh-huh. link. See it. So their response has Show you know, this a link thread. to the Threadreader app, and then it'll open in a new window for you, and the thread will be there. And okay, works. so the only thing that I noticed different was I had to actually press control to get it in a different browser window, but oh, it did do it. And it does open the whole thread. Yeah, it'll open, like, if it'll see that it's a thread, and it'll open the threaded response now I don't what in the thread you have to realize I, it's not going to be every response to like it won't be like if I tweet something and then everyone like, hear all the responses it's just if I tweet something as a thread that's what will go in here oh um, okay yes. that makes more sense because I know there are some people that do that that I follow but so not the rest of the thread that's been posted by correct it won't like, be like all if- the responses yeah, like if there's 4,000 like responses or replies to that, it won't. It's okay. only the original poster and a the thread that they oh, okay. do. So you know how you can do the add more to your tweet? There's that. It's really Yes, cool. that yeah. part. Cool, it's that funny. would be cool. I, there's one of my um, teacher friends that actually, um, she does, what's the word, reflection that way for on mm. her week. She'll just go, here's what I'm thinking, and then keeps adding to it about what she's thinking. That would probably be a great way for her to be able to print that out and have it for herself and have it like she's using that Twitter as that accountability piece probably for yeah. so she can post that and other people can learn from it too. But um, shout out to Rebecca Coleman who does that. Shout out Rebecca. <laughs> Beautiful. Hi, All Rebecca. right. Okay. That's it. I have one more to share, but I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go here with this, this children's books you have. And then you have a, a little plug for <clears throat> tall tweets. I know too. So why don't you do those two and then I'll, I'll finish okay. this up. So two other projects that we worked on, um, probably not just this year, but that we just recently finished up in class. Um, first one was with Book Creator. And I've heard so much about Book Creator that I was very curious about it. <clears throat> and usually I have my astronomy students do some sort of project each year. And so this year I went to the elementary school and asked for books that were kind of science fun books that were for little kids, right? And then brought them over and had the kids like preview 
these books and tell me what you like about them, what you don't like about them. Just use those as exemplars so that they knew, okay, we're going to be creating one. How might we want to create one? And then they used what they learned about telescopes Mm. to create little kids books to teach about different kinds of telescopes. So whether it's a ground-based telescope or if it's in space or if it's infrared or if it's ultraviolet or if it's a radio telescope, like all sorts of things that they could have picked as their topic. And then they created books. That's not necessarily the best part. So I got the, um, the elementary teacher. We all are all on the same campus. So yeah. we have like two buildings. Um, I got the, one of the elementary teachers who um, I think she teaches computer apps for littler kids. Sure. Um, and she was willing to each day when like for a certain, cause she has, I think she has like two weeks of kids at a time. So each day when they came in, they read a book and they did a, like a Google form critique of that book. Oh, right. So they went through and said, here's what I liked about it. Here's what I didn't like about it. I give you like out of one out of five. Here's how much these I are, like it. You these know, are the books the that little your kids, students created. Yeah. So they were oh able to gosh. access the book creator books on in their little, I'm in computer class and I have five minutes to get started. I'm reading a science book that keep kids in my town created. Right. And so then they read it and they did a little, like, I think it was like three questions. What was your rating? What did you like? What was the suggestion you would make? And I'm telling you, I had no idea how exciting it was going to be. So cute. <laughs> it was so great. I love that. And we're like, wait, we're past, I know we're past like 700 reads because I've got 700 um, responses or 700 crit, like, you know, either Amazon, yeah, yeah. you review it. So yeah, I've got yeah. about 700 reviews from the kids. And it's fun because I set my form for notification because I thought, well, I'm going to get like 20, 20 reviews, yeah. whatever. Well, <laughs> and you're getting, like, but like spammed. all through astronomy class when they're doing it, they're like, dude, look how many, they could just see my phone going off on how many different responses the little elementary kids were putting in to critique those books. It was so awesome. That is, and you have an, you have examples here of, or you have an, an example. <laughs> yeah, are you looking books. at? Oh, it's yeah. I put it's, one up. Yeah, I love it. It's adorable. So, each of your students had to write their own book, and now a bunch of elementary students are giving them like in-house Amazon yes. kind of reviews. Oh, in-house Amazon reviews, and they just loved it. And so, because it turned out so much cooler than I thought it would be, I went to the trouble of making them like a, um, I put like a Google slide of their picture of their cover of their book and then i put their star rating at the you know at the end of astronomy when astronomy was over like their star rating so far and then i put a list of what readers are saying about your book and then i put like a little bottom where quotes from the book and i just think that would be really cool to go back and add like to the last page of their book creator book of what readers are saying about this book um but i think when i handed them that paper and they could see um, here's, here's what my star rating was. Here's what people think about it. I think that that was just also so powerful. That's awesome. The, you know, that, that getting that audience, I don't think I ever felt like I was able to give my students an authentic audience before, even though we had published a few things and put a few things out mm-hmm. there. I think this was really huge for them. It's, this is the second time in as many days as I've heard of, of, book creator being used in this way and I've used it very 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 minimally I think it's the universe telling me I need to partner with a class somehow this year and and start writing some book creator books because it's such a great tool I remember the first time I ever heard about it it was my very first ISTE in San Antonio in 2017 and I'd heard a little bit about it but I really like dove in and learned and I was like this is game changer I love that app it's like it's just so good I've written them with my own children uh, if you if you haven't explored Book Creator before, listeners, go 
take a minute today. This is your aha here that you're going to give a go. I want you to go yes. and check it out because it's, it's so good. There's so much you can do. And what amazes me constantly is how beautiful these books can look. Like people right. will be like, oh, it was made on book reader. I'm like, what? What? That's... That's I not know. professionally done. How, how, yeah. how? And that's my goal is to make a, a beautiful book creator book there. It's awesome. These are great. I love it. Mm-hmm. I really like that the kids were able to like take some of the, um, the ideas to explain to the little kids, yeah. like here's how a telescope works. It wasn't just, you know, like a fun fact book. They, they really, um, I think did a good job of taking ownership of it and trying to do a little bit of teaching within the book in, you know, not like lots, but yeah, but a little bit they're they're great I I love it I love it they're so good (laughs) I want to see more of them that's awesome okay let's go in the interest of time let's move on to tall tweets and then I'll I'll end with my 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 little app I found and got all right sounds good this one's not very long I know I have taken to having the astronomy kids show what the actual idea is they're learning about when they're Mm -hmm. um, learning about orbital like play where where are the planets in their orbit and and how can we learn this law of um, law of motion of the universe right that they're learning mm-hmm. about and and how to show what a binary star system looks like okay well I learned about it but can you actually show and explain it so on the website that the link is to here you can see that they're showing what a binary star system look like, or you could show how come you can tell the earth is rotating because the big dipper or the little dipper goes around at night. And so they've made those stop motion animations in um, Google Slides, obviously. And then they upload it to tall tweets and it just go ahead. It makes it into a GIF for them. So it's easy for them to have that as a one item instead of this whole project that's in a slide. So I really like the way that makes it easy to publish for them. Yeah. Whenever, that. whenever I have to make any kind of animated GIF, like I have, you know, I, I have my smart and pretty stickers that I'll talk about from time to time. <laughs> yeah. where, like I always tell people oh, I'm smart and pretty. And I tell them they're smart and pretty. I have these stickers. And I actually wanted to make a little animated sticker that I could text people in. And so I took, and that's how I did it. I was like, okay, I'm going to take my JPEG and then I'm going to turn it one way and then I'm going to turn it back. And I'm going to turn it the other way. I'm going to turn it back. So it does this little like side to side little shuffle dance. And I put it mm-hmm. in tall tweets and within seconds it was that's created. Fast. It's, it's really, really good. Um, it links directly to your Google Drive. So there's not a whole lot of other stuff you need to do. If you're, if you want your students to show any kind of learning like that with movement, right. tall tweets can't be beat in, in my opinion. Yeah. Definitely not. Okay. My last one is something that I've, I learned about recently. I learned about it on uh, the EdTech takeout um, with Jonathan Wiley and Mindy Carney. And they had a tech nugget episode. And I'm going to talk more about the nuggets that they shared, I think, in, in the next episode. But this is one okay. that uh, that they shared. And it's called Hark Audio. And it's an app. So I thought, okay, what well, they explained it. I'm like, oh, this sounds kind of cool. And I, I really didn't really think about it. And I, I listened earlier this week. And then I went in in preparation this morning, I actually said, yeah, maybe I will share this one. And I ran downstairs. I said to my husband, you got to check this out. This is crazy. <laughs> He's like, okay. So here's what it is. It's an what app. Does it do? It's, it makes podcast mixtapes which oh my gosh so (laughs) now first it sounds like cool you're like okay so but doesn't my normal podcatcher do this like I can listen to one and listen to that no this is so different what it does is it will create they call them hark lists and every day they create 
they say, I, we create heart lists to make you laugh, give you multiple perspectives on topics and find your next show all in less time than listening to a single podcast. So I went into one today that was about the Olympics, a heart list about the Olympics. So it had a little two minute thing on curling. It had a little two minute thing on how tug of war used to be part of it. It had a two minute thing on how designing cities around the Olympics became just as uh, integral to the sports themselves. And, and what it did was it took seven seven different podcasts recently, or maybe not recently, huh. that spoke about the Olympics. They curated them. So the the curators are avid podcast listeners. And they take it okay. and like, oh, and now we're going to learn a little about the sport of curling. And then, and then boom, and that takes you right into an episode, plays about two minutes of it. In your po- in in Hark, what it will then say is like, hey, I like this. I want to listen to more. And it gives you an option then to click it and listen to that episode instead of just the two-minute clip, but the full episode. So I got to listen to seven different podcasts for about two to three minutes uh-huh. about the Olympics. So I was exposed to seven new um episodes, very, very short Actual, episodes. Right, and right. I was not quite, I, at first I was like, it's kind of like Blinkist. Do you know Blinkist that will take the, the like, mm-hmm. um, nonfiction books and then give you a shortened version, but it's not really right. like that. It's more, so I, then I type something else and I'm like, okay, it's black history month. I'm going to type in black history. Um, because in the actual app itself, so you log in and then you can go to explore. And at the top I can type in here, I'm going to type in black history. And of course I didn't spell either of, oh yes I did. Okay, there we go. And I'm going to search it. Oh, it didn't like this one. Why not? Why did I thought I did it? Oh no, sorry. I typed in, I typed in, um, I typed in racism. That's what I typed in. Um, and because I wanted to see, do you have anything on anti-racism? And sure enough, it does. It has a a hark list called the anti-racist hark list. It's 13 clips. It's 48 minutes long. And it's, it goes through, it has a whole bunch of podcasts that I know, podcasts that I love, podcasts that I've never heard about. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool because I can listen to a little bit of it and I might find the next new podcast I adore. They do them for comedy. Right. They do some, they, they have one, I've typed in education. They had like going back to school and it was after at the 18 month mark into the pandemic and what it was like on oh, teachers wow. and students and the uh-huh. psychology. So now here, here's the thing I love the most. Are you ready? Are you, is everyone sitting down? I'm ready. I'm ready. You can create your own hark lists. So you can go in and be like, oh, take this clip from- I was hoping you would say that. Yep. You can say, okay, take this part from Shake Up Learning. Take this part from Educational Duct Tape. Take this part from Shooks and Gift. Take this part from Check This Out. Like, you know, all my favorite ed tech podcasts, like like go into the, you know- Right. um, like school librarians united and I pull this in and I, and I go in and then I can say, play this part. So there's no more sending to your friends. Oh my gosh, you've got to listen to like minute 57 of this podcast. You can create your own. I do that to myself all the time. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. And think about it from a PD perspective. So you're curating something for staff and you want them to know a little bit about Google education, Google workplace. Right. Uh Um, so here we go. You want to know about docs? Here's a little thing. You want to know about slides? Here's a little thing. And then if they like Mm -hmm. the episode, want to dive in more, they just simply click on that little button that says, listen to full episode and off you go. I think to me, this was crazy exciting. mind blowing. Oh my gosh. How did you find this? It's, I'm telling you, this is, this is Jonathan and Mindy shared it on the tech takeout. And I thought, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And, and I, I spent so much time this morning just listening and it was, it was, to me, it was just fascinating to listen to different voices, podcasts I never heard of. And I'm on a kick right now that I'm listening to Smartless. Thank you, Brian Briggs. Thank you for this. Do you know (laughs) Smartless? Smartless is. I don't. It's at the beginning of the pandemic, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, the three Hollywood actors who are good buddies, uh-huh. decided to get together and start a podcast. And every episode, okay. one of them invites another celebrity on and the other two don't know who it's going to be. Oh. And then they spend an hour, it's like sitting at a coffee shop, 
eavesdropping on a conversation of these four celebrities. I'm completely addicted. But it's things like that that I don't normally find podcasts unless right. someone tells me. And I think this is a way if you're looking to exp- expand your horizons expand. or find new podcasts or not, just listen to little bits because you don't have time for like this one, like like an hour long podcast necessarily. You just want a little bit of something. And it's, right. I don't know how old it is. I don't know how new it is. But in looking for things, I was able to find a whole bunch of different topics. Again, you can create your own. So they list. curate some for you. Correct. Like the actual app is self curate some for you or you can curate them yourself and is it a free app is it a paid app is it something it's free what are we looking at there it's free it's my favorite non-swear four-letter word right it seems like already i'm thinking like well if you were doing like your favorite ones you know you could just put in your favorite parts of that for yourself just for a little reminder i kind of like like a refresher, like, I don't know, every yeah. six months, like, oh, yeah, I learned that. Right. Or, right? So Jake Miller, you could just make just the soapbox moments of Jake's oh Miller. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we, could, we could do a heart list of the soapbox minutes. I would love that. Right? If you're part of that podcast. Inspirational. <laughs> it's so cool. Anyway, it's it's called Hark Audio. I've put a link in, in the show notes to it. And if you're looking for new podcasts or want podcasts on a theme, because sometimes we go all over, right? Like on, on this, I, I would never uh-huh. make a heart list because I never have themes. I have, when I have guests like you on Vicky, they're like, is there a theme I should stick to? I'm like, do you listen to my podcast? No, it's just like whatever I find on We're the everywhere. internet. <laughs> I, like if I ever, Kim constantly, when we chat, because Kim and I still chat a lot, she'll, she'll be like, are uh-huh. you going to rename the podcast? I'm like, no, I love that. It's used to this. But if you ever decide to, I'm like, it would just be like random thoughts in Jen's brain, <laughs> random things Jen found on the internet. And I'm like, I don't think it has quite the ring. <laughs> That's not as fun. <laughs> oh, it's funny at any rate. There we go. There's our shares. Vicky, it was lovely to meet you. A kind of, that's not really IRL. It's lovely to see your face and not, okay, oh, yes. yes, that as, as an end. What? You have, as your profile picture, your Bitmoji. Is there a reason you use a Bitmoji rather than an actual photo of yourself? Because I actually I, think that's I had, what I look like. <laughs> I see bit, myself as this cartoon character. Your bitmoji. Just, you know, I'm goofy all the time. <laughs> your bitmoji does look a lot. It's, your bitmoji is like my bitmoji. It is representative, like in seeing it. Yeah, yours I always is really it, close to you. Yeah, it is. I always find it. I, I always find it curious when people use it because I'm like, if you and I ever passed like at uh, the halls of ISTE, and you walk away, you'd be like, "Hi, Jen." I'm like, "Hi." And you'd have to like put your until now. You'd have to put your emoji, and then I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, Vicky, hi, Bill. I'm so excited to see you." Yep, yeah. that's very funny. I anyway, know. I feel like okay. a child. I don't ever feel old, so that's probably why. I like, that's cartoons. amazing. That's amazing. Okay, Vicky. Before we go, tell people where they can find you because you shared some wonderful things, and I'm sure they're going to want to learn more from you. Yeah. So the link link to the my website is on your Shooks and Gift website, and I'm on Twitter at 33hypel, which is H E. U P E L. Obviously, that's how you spell it. <laughs> Thirty-three. He up and yell. Awesome. It's going to be spell it slow for people because they always mess around the middle letters there. Yeah, I get it. Even my mother, it. even my mother spells my last name wrong. So, as you do, as you do with your yeah. children. Sometimes Maybe it's just her way of exactly. getting back at you for changing your name. <laughs> <laughs> might be uh, oh my gosh thank you so much for having me on i love so the encouragement and the funness of your podcast i think that's one of the, the reasons i just keep listening because it's just it makes you giggle it makes you laugh and then you learn oh, yeah. a, you know you get a new aha and you get too excited so i could have someone to be excited with oh i'm glad i'm glad that's that is what i go for light light-hearted humor and lots of ahas and on that my friends we are we're done for this week we'll hopefully be on again in two weeks if 
Vicky or I have inspired you in any way, you know what to do. You have that aha, you give it a go. Take care, my friends. Be well. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F dot com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid. Or by tweeting at us, sending us an email. Or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca. Oh, are we starting? Now? Yeah, just say <laughs> anything. Sorry. Just... Okay, just talking. Sorry. We're teching the mics.